Hello and welcome to the Live Love Let podcast, where we explore ideas for living our lives fully, loving deeply along the way, and letting ourselves be our true self always. I am your host, Andrea, and in today's episode, we are talking all about uncomfortable conversations, what makes them so challenging, and how we can become more comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, hot chocolate, and join me as we jump right in. If you have ever revealed your feelings to a crush, expressed your hurt feelings to a loved one, shared unfortunate news, or requested a change in a circumstance, you are likely familiar with the uneasy feeling in the pit of your stomach both before and during the conversation. As we don't live on islands with only ourselves as company, uncomfortable conversations are unavoidable. Some people are able to navigate them with ease. However, many of us shy away from such conversations and even the mere possibility of them can be anxiety-inducing. The uncomfortable conversations that we shy away from are a natural aspect of human interactions and relationships. One might even say that these challenging conversations can be integral to the building and maintenance of platonic, professional, and of course, romantic relationships. Uncomfortable conversations are uncomfortable because the information we need to share either leaves us feeling vulnerable or perhaps we suspect that the information may lead to hurt feelings, undesired outcomes or disagreements. Interestingly, our past exposure to uncomfortable conversations and more importantly, witnessing their successful resolution plays a significant role in determining our ability and willingness to experience the discomfort that can arise. Knowing that successful resolutions are indeed possible and that relationships can survive the discomfort helps us to trust that it's not a zero-sums game and increases our willingness to both initiate and participate in them when necessary. It is also possible that we can be more comfortable in some contexts than we are in others. For example, we may find it easier to engage in challenging conversations with people with whom we do not have an emotional bond than it is to engage in these conversations with those that we are closest to. Regardless of the people involved or what needs to be shared, These conversations can leave us with a feeling of impending dread, so much so that sometimes we choose to delay the conversation or we ignore the situation altogether. 
But these delay and bypass tactics don't solve the issue and may actually poison the relationship. So it really is best that we have the conversation without delay. So how do we become comfortable with uncomfortable conversations? We do so by utilizing helpful tools and, of course, practice. When it comes to sharing my feelings, one of the most helpful approaches I've found is the I feel statement. I feel statements always begin with, you guessed it, I feel, followed by the emotion being felt. It's then followed up by the cause of the feeling and lastly, a potential solution is presented. So for example, instead of saying, why are you always late? One can say, I feel frustrated when you are late for our plans together. I would appreciate it if you'd be on time in the future or at least give me a heads up if you're delayed so that I can adjust. Or instead of saying, stop yelling at me, one can say, I feel sad and hurt when you raise your voice at me. I would like for us to have respectful conversations using a normal voice level. In addition to minimizing the potential for hostility or defensiveness, I feel statements can also lead to a conversation about intentions and various possible outcomes. What I love about them is that they are very much solution-focused. I feel statements are very effective in personal relationships. For less personal and more professional relationships, I tend to use planning and visualization techniques. In these instances, I identify the ideal setting and location, the ideal approach to initiate the conversation, the key points that I want to communicate, and my desired outcome. After identifying these four components, I take a moment to visualize the possible flow of the conversation and a few potential outcomes. If possible, I try to give the person a heads up that the conversation will be different from our usual conversations. This gives them an opportunity to prepare themselves to have a deeper conversation. And if they're feeling not so great or not having such a great day, we can then identify the best time to speak in the future. So these are only two of many more approaches. An interesting way of researching other effective communication techniques would be to ask the people you know for their tips on how to broach uncomfortable conversations. This in itself could lead to a fascinating conversation and can help you to identify the best way to communicate with the person giving you the tips. Even though these types of conversations are uncomfortable, we should still lean into them because the discomfort is usually very much temporary and the benefits of elevated relationships and life experiences 
can be long-lasting. Thank you for joining me for this episode on getting comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. Until next time, remember to live life fully, to love deeply along the way, and to let yourself be your true self always. Have a beautiful day and I'll see you next time here on the Live Love Let podcast.